yes, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jack Farmer. His name is Jimmy Corderas. His name is Justin Labar. And this is the AEW Dynamite Wrestling Inc. After Show. And if we got a good one, we've got debuts. We've got title matches. And FTR isn't going anywhere. It's going to be a good one. But before we get into it, Justin, how are you today, buddy? Haven't seen you in over a week. I haven't seen you in over a week. Missed you. I'm glad you had a fun time out there at WrestleMania. I, I feel like I'm. I feel like we're just. I'm like a podcasting king lately. This is uh, the fourth <laughs> podcast for me in five days. I think. Jeez, nonstop. Can't stop. Won't stop. But Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, how? Uh, what's what's going on your neck? Did you get to enjoy WrestleMania? Yes, I did. And uh, like Justin said, I got to enjoy the post WrestleMania both nights with him and. Uh, uh, one night with Raj and one night with Glenn, and uh, also got to fill in on Monday night. Uh, I mean, sorry, on Friday night for the post SmackDown. So, uh, yeah, I've had a busy week as well. So you're five podcasts in six days, is that right? Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, so lots of lots of podcasting. I mm -hmm. took the weekend off, but I'm glad you guys carried the load. Um, it was a uh, it was a fun weekend. WrestleMania was absolutely nuts. Uh, I am definitely one of those people. Anyone who ever goes to a show with me finds out there's a different side of Jack. It is the total super fan Jack. And I just get wildly into whatever I'm watching. And I am an obnoxious nutcase. So it was a good, it was a good time. I'm not even a big fan of Shane McMahon. But when his music hit, I was like, here comes the money. I was just going nuts. And I was like, this is great. It's, <laughs> it's infectious. And, and, and it's the atmosphere too. It just, everything, it just helps. It's it, when it's WrestleMania, even for those, participating in it, it, it it's a different feel completely i do think of the hundred and sixty one thousand tickets sold mine was the only one cheering for austin theory that night but <laughs> I, I digress um let's get into this show let's get into this week's news and topics because wrestlemania might as well have been a year ago at this point we've changed it's been a few days uh let's talk a bit about AEW and how they have hired former WWE Vice President of Communications Adam Hopkins. PW Insider is reporting that former Vice President of Communications Adam, Adam Hopkins has been hired by AEW, though no official title was confirmed. According to multiple sources, Hopkins began with AEW last Wednesday at Dynamite. Uh, 25 years, years with WWE, Many credit Hopkins with maintaining lines of communication between the company and the media and also with shaping Triple H's initial vision of NXT in its early days. Uh, Hopkins left earlier this year and uh, com confirmation coming via former WWE champion Big E calling Hopkins a true professional and great human when news of Hopkins release broke. Justin, I want to go to you on this one. Uh, what exactly did hot adam hopkins do and what do we expect him to be doing in aew well he's a great guy he really is in a big he's right true professional um adam uh from what i saw what i know and experience with him he i mean he worked his way up he went from being you know a guy who you know was a, a pr rep who you know, was going to put out some press release statements who's going to uh coordinate and uh, talent and tell them you know when they have interviews whether it be via phone or via you know satellite or or if it's in person um and then he's working with you know he worked with me and many of many others in the wrestling media you know in terms of coordinating hey we're coming to your town you know maybe we can line up this kind of coverage and you know then he's working with the the, the children's hospital aligning hey stephanie might be coming we're gonna do connor's cure stuff so it really and he just kind of rose the ranks 
uh, in WWE, uh, all the way up to that vice that vice president role. Um, but and yeah, he was very, as I remember, very big in the early days of NXT. Um, you know, not I don't remember how many they had been at Full Sail for too too long, but uh, uh, they had invited and I went down to Full Sail, and then he kind of coordinated me getting backstage access and getting to sit with Triple H and learn about what they were doing Full Sail and NXT. Got a tour of the Performance Center. He was very big in helping coordinate all of that uh with media coming all over and, and and wanting triple h to let the let us see firsthand what this is they're trying to you know this this ground that they're breaking uh for their for their for their tr- developmental so uh I, I was sad to hear that when he was gone from WWE, but uh this is a huge another huge behind the scenes pickup of somebody who most fans don't know but uh, I don't know what his exact I assume his role would be something very similar to AEW and uh, AEW as it was WWE. What's interesting is that um AEW, since their launch, had been using the same firm for PR that the Jacksonville Jaguars use, obviously, because same ownership. So it is interesting that they are now, you know, maybe moving on, maybe not moving on, but at least bringing in somebody who knows the wrestling business, knows the media, knows it's a very funny, fickle, (laughs) unique thing. So I think he could bring a lot of good input uh, and knowledge uh, to their structure. Yeah, Jimmy, this is something that I... I said this with a, another recent hiring from AEW, but this is one of those hirings I don't think is going to get a lot of attention. It's not going to get the buzz of a Jay White, which we'll get into in a little bit. But this is a big one, and I think I'm no marketing or PR major, but I see the Twitter. I see the mm-hmm. some of the way announcements are made and, th- made and things, and I feel like this is just a really good signing for AEW in a way that maybe people won't notice, but long-term will be a good thing. No, absolutely. And I could have said, couldn't have said it any better than, than Justin said it. And those who know Adam know that he is a great guy. And uh, see, I know him as my fellow card player on days, you know, we had some downtime and we'd play little cards backstage and stuff like that, but uh, he knows his job very well. And like you said, Justin, it, it, it is a fickle media industry, especially when it comes to pro wrestling, because that quote unquote, I'm doing the air quotes. If you can't see me, that <laughs> stigma attached to pro wrestling and, but when you're dealing with pro wrestling media, sometimes they feel like they, they, um, he knows how to handle all sides. Yeah. He knew how to handle all sides and professionally and, and everybody liked him. Everybody liked him. We used to, uh, except for Tony Chimble, but Tony Chimble didn't like anybody. But uh, that being said, I like this signing by AEW because yes, you can sign all the in-ring talent and yes, they've signed some more in-ring talent and they're very overloaded with it, but it's the guys that you don't see. The guys that, that, that handle all the nuts and bolts that make things work. And Adams Hopkins is a guy who can make things work and help advance them and move forward. And who knows, maybe this big announcement was his doing that. Uh, we'll get mm-hmm. into that again to, also later. But good good signing by, uh, by AEW. And Adam, congrats, buddy. Yes. Uh, we have some... Less fun news that also came out this week. Uh, Vicky Guerrero responds to Sherilyn Guerrero's uh, allegations in an Instagram post. Uh, what happened with Cheryl? Sherilyn Guerrero has claimed that her stepfather sexually assaulted her three years ago on a cruise ship and that her mother, Vicky Guerrero, abandoned her following the alleged incident. Uh, Vicky uh, responded to the accusation and weighed in with her side of the story, uh, at least for a few minutes uh, in an Instagram post. Vicky Guerrero claimed that her relationship with Sherilyn had been hostile for over 15 years and that she had tried to deal with her daughter's narcissism. The AEW talent and former WWE personality also said that Sherilyn's close friends and family had distanced themselves from her because of her, quote, manic behaviors. 
Regarding the alleged sexual assault incident, Guerrero said that Sherilyn was, quote, drunk on the cruise and demanded Plan B from a pharmacy in the Bahamas because she thought she had been raped after having guys in her room and that she was tired of her daughter's constant manipulation, lies, and disrespect. Guerrero indicated that she would see Sherilyn in court and that they would no longer be related. This is an absolute sad story. And whenever it gets into things like this, um, I always like to say I know nothing in this situation. And um, it's just unfortunate all around. Uh, Justin, I don't know if you have anything to add to this story, but it's a, it's an unfortunate one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's heavy, heavy content that, uh, you know, we have no, 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 no way or no business even trying to, you know, I hope everybody's okay. So the bottom line in terms of health, I guess the commentary that we can provide, um, since this is a wrestling podcast, it is just unfortunate that obviously the Guerrero name, um, is so revered and respected, especially just this past weekend, given the, you know, the Dom and, and Ray storyline and all the, all the, and the, and the, the ID tributes that were made. So it's just, it's just unfortunate for wrestling fans to, it, it's unfortunate that it's unfortunate that just publicly that this, whoever side is right, wrong, whatever, wherever the truth may lie, that this is just playing out in public. That wrestling fans are, are are seeing this and hearing this um, because uh, one, it's family. It's a name that is so revered and respected, as I said, and also it's a family that has dealt with, uh, you know, and I'm sure it's forever ever going to deal with it, even if it was 17 years ago. It's the tragedy of losing uh, the, the the patriarch of the of their of their family and, and Eddie Guerrero. So mm-hmm. uh, this just sucks to see and hear. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, obviously, more important than wrestling. Um, what's going on with this family and hopefully things work out. And like Justin said, hopefully uh, at the end of the day, everything, I, I mean, I don't want to say everything's okay. I don't know what you say mm-hmm. to this. It's just sad and, and unfortunate. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You don't know what to say to this. And and I know people are going to be out there and, and trying to choose sides. This isn't about choosing sides. This is just hoping that everybody comes out of this. Okay. And uh, like, like you said, I don't know what happened. I, I, I don't even want to speculate. All, mm-hmm. all I know is that it, it, it's 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 sad when you see this happen to families. Yeah, and and, and that's the important thing. See, you you talk about the wrestling business being a family, but family is 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 first and foremost. And again, I don't know what more you can add. It's just sad. Yeah, not not really much more we can add on that. So I, I you know, I, I hate being the person who says thoughts and prayers, but thoughts and prayers, and I hope. Again, it all works out there. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some more fun stuff. Let's get into some pro wrestling. Uh, but before we do, let's ask everyone, as always, leave a five-star review, like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, if you're on here, go to go to Apple and leave a five-star review and leave a nice little comment there. We, we could use some of your kind words there as well as, uh, again, on YouTube and sharing it on, on social media. In fact... I'll give a roll call of names. So I'd love to see you do that, whether it be Ricky's Aldivar, uh, Mike Rouse in the house, Bit Milligan. I haven't seen you in a while, Bit. Uh, Justine in the house, uh, night one. We also got Mike. We've got Tornado. We've got, uh, I saw Dylan Matthews in there a second ago. We also got Rocky as always. Uh, and of course, all the uh, Wayne's in the house. I haven't seen you in a while, Wayne. Uh, and many other people there. Thank you guys so much for coming. Gluten free. Uh, I appreciate you all. Killer of Demons, uh, Sherrod Jones. Uh, appreciate you guys all coming through. Uh, and Antonio Garcia, We, I see your super chat. I am going to talk about that once we get to that portion of the show. So sit tight, but I do have it there, and I will make sure to get to you. 
This show, this episode started off hot. We got Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson, but we don't get the match. Not at all. Jay White shows up and attacks uh, Ricky Starks. We got Bullet Club in the house. At least that's what they're alluding to on commentary. I thought that this was a great move by AEW, especially considering all the um, scuttlebutt around what's going on with WWE and how people were saying Jay White would be a perfect person to debut at Raw after Mania or WrestleMania. I thought this was a great time to put him on right up front. Shook the world. Jimmy, what are your thoughts of this segment? I think it's a great signing, first and foremost. But at the same time, uh, there's a couple of things here. I I just felt rushed that opening segment. Yes, you want to start off hot. You want to start off with a bang. You You are starting off with a bang. You're having Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson. At least make it look like we're going to get this match before you do the intro of, of Jay White. Give it some time. Take your time. Tell the story. You know, it just felt to me like it was rushed. And it would have had a bigger impact if it, you know, I don't know. It, it, you know, I, how many times do I have to say it? 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10-pound bag. And not only that... They go through this segment. We have this introduction. Then they go straight into the next thing. They didn't even let the the audience absorb this before they went into the next segment. So, uh, yes, I'm happy about him signing. The other thing, really quick, sorry, Justin, to keep rambling here, is this is a loaded roster. So trying to find a spot for him is going to be challenging. Let's put it that way. Despite the great signing. Yeah, I mean, it was so rushed that production missed the money shot of it being him. Uh, they tried to they cut to a stage that was still black. Then they cut back to Juice attacking Ricky from behind. And then by the time it got back, Jay's I mean is dove in the ring. So I mean they 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 yeah you, you so I mean and look this is your opening shot. You know you're you're starting from from the starting line here with all your cameras in play. Like this should be, you know it's not like you had to transition from like a whole match or something. I mean so I, I was disappointed in that. But nonetheless, that's the production of me nitpicking. Um, yeah, I mean look, it got a reaction. It's got people. It's got people. It's got people excited that I've seen on social media who follow AEW, but I'll just ask the question that I, I, I could ask after many of their signings. Is he going to bring you one more fan that you don't already have? Now, look, you can say, okay, now that you have him and Juice and now, you know, Bullet Club or a different combination of things. Yes, could that is that, a, is that a gimmick or a theme that could help sell a non-televised house show at, at a market? And we know that they're starting to venture into those. Potentially. Is that something that can help sell a state, you know, I'm not saying he can't contribute and like he can't contribute by adding depth and context to the, their booking options, but it, all it is is just another combination of the 100 toys you have and just what, what order do you want to line them up in? Is he going to bring anybody extra into the room? That that would be my question, and I and I would and I would and I would I would say the same thing if he had signed with WWE. He adds some context and depth to some things they can do, but. Is there anybody watching WWE that's that that isn't or is there anybody that's not already watching WWE that that now now is going to specifically go and watch Raw SmackDown because you know I, I you know may, I don't know but I mean you know I just that that's my question about guys when you guys and girls when you sign them are they going to move the needle and 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 what the whole business is based about or based around draw money draw viewers I love this 
I loved everything about it. I thought this was, fa- I, I mean, I won't get into the production side of it, but <laughs> I love, I love that this started off hot. I love that it came in so quick and you didn't know what was going on. I loved that this guy came in who, again, I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at social media and people have been saying this guy is going to be the one to take on Roman Reigns. I mean, that might be, uh, I don't, I didn't see that myself, but I'm seeing those are, those are, those are, those are people that are, course. yeah, uh, that's, that's, you're living in a bubble but, on that one. But the, the, the point is there are fans of new Japan that may not be watching AEW that he might bring along with them the same way AJ styles may have brought some folks over when he came to WWE. And I look at Vikingo in that main event and we all doubted what he'd be able to do, but the ratings showed that he brought people in. I think that, I don't think that anyone is going to give you a right away bump in ratings that matters outside of like a John Cena or some unrealistic signing. But I think that this is a guy that you can build with and do a lot with. I think it's a good signing for them. And I I thought this was a fun way, an exciting way to start the show, especially I think if you're someone that again is watching WWE and you were frowning at what happened on Monday night, and you go, well, maybe what is AEW tuning into? Oh, that's exciting. That's that guy I heard about. I liked it. Yeah. No, it's fine. You know, that's cool if you liked it. But, like, I agree with Justin. Is it going to bring anybody other than their core audience? Uh, is it going to bring other eyes to their product? And that's the whole goal here is you want to bring other eyes to the product, not have people go, who is that Jay White guy? You're only going to get the people that go, hey, Jay White. We were already watching. Great to see him here too. You know, I, I, that's I, I. Sorry, I'm not trying to choose sides here, but I, I, I think I agree with Justin on this. Well, we'll we'll split the difference then. Yeah. Uh, I guess that means you guys. Win. I'll say we split the difference, even though it's two to one. But <laughs> handicap. It's a handicap. It's match, a right? handicap match. Uh, but let us know in the chat what you guys thought. Like you guys have been. I've seen it pretty mm-hmm. in the chat it's pretty divided even mm-hmm. like i'm seeing a lot of people saying it they agree with you guys i've seen a few people say they love jay white uh we'll see how it plays out we'll see how it goes exactly. we we go right into the next segment and i know jimmy you didn't like that they went right into the next thing i again i was i love it i love my sugar i like it when you just <laughs> give me a bunch of goody 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 stuff and so jericho's there and he says he doesn't like that Adam Cole celebrated too long after his win over Daniel Garcia. Felt that Cole disrespected Garcia. Then Keith Lee walks in and says he doesn't like Adam Cole, but he also thinks Jericho is disrespectful. Uh, and they are going to have a match next week, uh, leaning in on Jericho as he does it. Uh, Justin, I loved that they gave a reason why Jericho feels the way he does about Adam Cole. And I like Keith Lee being on TV. Felt a little random that he came in here at this point, though. What are your thoughts? Well, and I'm sure that if I deep dive some blog, there's like a backstory of why Keith Lee has a problem with <laughs> Jericho. Uh, no, but I know I, I like you know I do like I like there's an explanation that's given. Obviously, there needs to be an explanation given of why uh, Jericho was you know sneering and, and what have you at, at, at Cole last week at the celebration. So that's good. You know, a Cole Jericho match down the line. Uh, sign me up for that. Uh, uh, sign me up for the first uh, microphone blow by blow that they have in a, in a promo. That will be uh, fantastic. Um, you know, Keith Lee, I, I've, I've never seen him in Jericho that I can recall. So it's nice. You'll see a first time ever match of two conflicting styles to two guys. I like Jericho's sell of leaning back, like you said, as Keith Lee's in his face. Um, so we'll see. Appearance wise, and I, and, I, and I always talk with the airport tests and judging a book by its cover in that regard. I mean, I'm all for people embracing just 
you know, it's it's okay. We all are getting older every day. I don't I don't love the gray on Keith Lee. He just he just looked like an old man. Now maybe he'll come out there next Wednesday and 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 he'll be like, hey, old man, this uh, Lamar, and and he'll blow the roof off, and I'll be and I'll be happy that he blew the roof off. I have nothing against Keith Lee, but just an appearance wise for the thirty seconds we saw, I'm like, I don't like the old man look. Sorry, I I was like, I get what you're saying, but part of me was like. I hope he makes going gray look cool so that when I go gray, it's cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, just for men, he looked like Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. Yes. Hey, hey, yes. Uncle, Uncle Phil call. could toss Jazzy Jeff. That's Good a dangerous call. man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be a great spot if he threw Jericho like uh, out the door, uh, out the door, uh, uh, the, the door of the arena. No, you, you don't you do have the Jer- camera shot from outside. You don't yeah. do that to Jericho. You do it. To, you do it to one of the lackeys, and and uh, yeah. you do you do it to one of the lackeys behind Jericho. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this was outside of the randomness of Keith Lee, which I guess it, I don't know how you reintroduce him without it being random if, since mm-hmm. he's been gone for so long. But Jimmy, what what are your thoughts on this segment? Again, uh, it, it fits into their mold, and it feels it's, again formulaic from an AEW stand- standpoint. Yes, it does. Uh, feel random, but at the same time, it's another situation where there's a backstage interview going on. Somebody interrupts and it's setting something up. It, it, it feels too formulaic right now, where it happens a little too often, if you know what I mean. But other than that, um, kind of curious to see how they uh, they handle themselves when they finally get to this match. Uh, Chris Jericho has done a great job of getting others over, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling he's going to do the same for Keith Lee. Um, but I agree with the <clears throat> as someone who is gray himself. I at least I'm not on TV. Well, I'm here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this is better than TV. This is the future, exactly. Jimmy. Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, it kind of threw me off when I saw him like that. I, I was like, "Who is that for?" Oh my goodness, that's Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I I I do. What's great is when they have the match, it won't feel random because now there'll be a build up to it. I like I said, I like that Jericho didn't just say. Like, Adam Cole, you're a good guy. I'm a bad guy. Let's have a fight. But there's a little bit of reasoning there. Okay, you're celebrating. You're trying to make Daniel Garcia look like a schmuck. Uh, I don't I don't like that. I like that there's a little bit of buildup to that. I just I don't know how you end Keith Lee and Jericho without me feeling bad one way or the other. You know, that's my only problem is whoever wins, I'm going to go, well, I don't know. <laughs> that was the right call. Yeah. No, I, I get that. But at the same time, Jericho is the uh, – a, a superior guy that can again not win this match and you still care about him so yep. that's that's the main thing uh so we move on and we go to the trios championship match the first of our four championship matches house of black versus best friends both teams do what they always do uh and of course the champs retain at the end here but the stories were uh, Roosh's team is watching from ringside and Anna Jay is watching from the back. Jimmy, do you think this was a good way of sort of building depth into that trios division by having people watching on and building some storylines while having this match? Well, if it shows that other teams are interested, maybe the fans will be interested in these other teams as well and looking forward to what happens next because that's what it's all about. You want to be entertained by what you're watching currently, but at the same time, once that match is over, you want to see what's going to happen next. Uh, And I thought, uh, I'm liking House of Black more and more when I see them Mm -hmm. in the ring as the trio's champions, and I hope they do keep these titles for a little while, at least anyway, so... But to your question, yes, I like the fact that it looks like others are are 
paying attention, which makes the titles feel more important that way. Yeah, Justin, uh, Roosh at Ring of Honor, Roosh was there. And let me tell you, people like Roosh. He, he was definitely getting reactions when he was out there. And I'm a big House of Black fan. I've said before, I mean, Al, uh, Malachi Black, I forgot which one I was supposed to call him for a second there. Uh, Mr. Black was, uh, I think, is clearly a star. But I keep saying this. I think Brody King could be that big monster that you want for a company like AEW. I, I think the sky's the limit for him as well. Uh, any takeaways from this one? There's a lot of talent at AEW, but the way that uh, House of Black looks, the way they can have an entrance, the way they can perform, um, they should be one of the acts that whether it's a match, whether it's just a 30-second vignette, whatever, they need to be on almost every Dynamite, because it, not, just be, not just because they're holding your trio's titles, but because they deserve the TV time. They fit. They check all the boxes. You want to talk about airport tests? You, you'd be wondering what, what, what effing airport you're in. You see these fools come walking down the uh, terminal in but they can deliver in the ring as well i mean so i like their presentation like jimmy i, lo I love more and more when i see them um you know, it was what it was you know the big story here is the big story here is vehicles and wrestling entrances this week you know <laughs> dom gets brought in as state corrections paddy wagon and officers uh ray's got snoop dog uh driving him in a low rider but stop the presses the, the chrysler minivan with sue driving just brought <laughs> these guys to the ring right <laughs> i some would say it's all the same difference it's all, by the way not to keep talking about wrestlemania but i was moving around, i like to move around during shows like wrestlemania and mm -hmm. i had joined up with this uh group of people who were such huge fans of ray mysterio during that match so fun we were going nuts wow. we were going nuts for ray the whole time i'm a dom fan but i just got sucked up into the moment and I was like, what do you mean crazy. you're moving around at WrestleMania? Don't you have a ticket? Don't you have to sit, sit, sit where you need to sit? Yeah, I got a ticket, but you know, you, you kind of cruise around, you meet, meet, meet people, hang out, watch the show together. <laughs> so, so rather, rather than wow. a bar crawl, you're seat crawling. There yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you never know who you're going to run into. I ran into a lot of great people. I know that. The, la the last WrestleMania I was at, you know who was sitting behind me? Macaulay Calkin. <laughs> swear to God, he was, he was right behind me. Macaulay Calkin, <laughs> Kieran Calkin, and, and, and their girlfriends. Wow. That's awesome. How do you not just turn around the whole time and be like, hey, I know you? And I <laughs> talked to him. He he didn't. He I mean, he was cool. He didn't. He didn't want any. He didn't want to do any selfies pictures. Be, and 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 I could. I and I know why. And I, I was fine with it because somebody later did like come walking in our aisle and like started snapping pictures. It drew attention, and then you started having people all coming. And he had to be like mm -hmm. a. Uh, he had to. Be, he had to be. He had to be kind of a dick and tell them all no. Yeah. But no. But no. But he talked. We 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 all went up into the. The, the bar area inside for a minute to get reprieve and, and he he talked wrestling he was very very fun very laid back but yeah you never know who you're gonna be sitting yeah, by at wrestlemania at, exactly yeah. and even even in wrestlemania like uh, at wrestlemania 2000 i got heckled by uh michael clark duncan oh <laughs> during <laughs> during the hardcore battle royal you hear that big voice and you're like who's heckling me? <laughs> i mean like I've, i'm on the floor no, i'm on the floor and i'm hearing this guy heckling me from a referee come on and he's going on and on Finally, I got to the point where I just wanted to turn around and say, okay, shut up, dude. And I turn around and go, Green Mile. <laughs> Green Mile. Oh, that's great. But I agree with you, Justin. Uh, House of Black definitely should be on TV. I guess that's why I like the start of this is, again, I'm thinking to myself, if there are people who sort of fell off AEW because they were excited about WWE and then for whatever reason decided to jump boat after Raw, I think it's silly to jump boat after an episode. But mm – -hmm. You come in and you you come in with Jay White signing, Keith Lee talking to Jericho, 
you got house of black and uh best friends out there all in a like quick succession you're like oh wow there's some cool people on this show uh and then you stick the landing with a note notification of christian returning with a new look luchasaurus Mm. jimmy what's next for those two uh very interesting Uh, obviously it looks like a a more meaner luchasaurus so this is going to be interesting and and it's going to be interesting to see how how uh uh, Christian Cage plays into this. It's going to be. I'm curious to see how. I want to see the debut, the mm-hmm. re-debut. Let's let's put it that way and go from there. But he does look like a a, a meaner dinosaur. <laughs> He's. I mean, yeah. Justin, does he look like a meaner dinosaur? I've seen a lot of dinosaurs in my day, but the, the, he is one of the meaner ones on the look. No, I like this. It was quick. I liked it. I liked the effects. I liked the, the way it was shot, him coming through the red lights and smoke. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Christian, Christian's a great heel. He gets great heat, as, as we've seen. So him is a, a mouthpiece for a guy that looks, that walks the part. Um, I, I, again, I, th- there's a ton of potential there, but they've got to see it through. They've got to slow play. They've got to establish him. And it, and And again, it's, it's, Again, I know Dynamite's only two hours. Even if it's not, even if the squash or the establishment or the promo in the vignette is not, even if it's not, even if it doesn't happen on Dynamite every week, you have to. Even if the match is on Dynamite every week, you got to sh- take thirty seconds to show. Here's a recap of the, of the of the of the. Here's the here's a recap of the Rampage on Rampage that Luchasaurus caused, and it just just show the destruction he had on other shows or whatever. It just you 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 have to figure out prioritize who do you want to feature, who are you looking at to sell these big pay-per-views and these big venues over the next six months and you need to prioritize them and then you need to prioritize them by saying they have to get at least 30 seconds of dynamite every week whether it's a match or not you have there needs to be consistency because you know all this it's like a dog chasing cars you know we, we talk about jay white let's see how many dynamites now in a row jay white's on that's yep. a fun game let's see yep. how many dynamites in a row jay white is on for either a match a promo or vignette let's see how many that they can do i mean and that's and that and, and do that experiment with everybody and all of a sudden it's going to become a really funny tracking system to see uh you know uh, uh, uh wardlow mm-hmm. not, not tonight mm-hmm. yeah i i agree with you i think yeah it's almost like and i'm not a booker so i'm just making this up and shooting from the hip as i go but you need your like top five whatever that are on every single week and then you need your next five that are maybe on every other week, but they get a small 15 second, 30 second clip video when they're not on. And then you have the ones that are on maybe every three weeks and they don't get videos or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you need to just have that. So, you know, these are the people that the fans are going to know. And then the ones maybe they don't know as much, but we're getting some videos and stuff. So there's top of mind. Cause I mean, it's been too long for Wardlow, but even if it's like, he's not on for two weeks, if we get a, three minute video package of Wardlow. I don't know, working out or doing whatever Wardlow does. Um, it makes you go, Oh yeah. Wardlow. And it says in action three week in three weeks, you go, Oh sweet. That's cool. He's going to be, in, you know, something, I don't know, just to at least you us- hope you get that reaction. Right. Well, you but basically just so I, I go, Oh yeah. Wardlow. And we don't have this. Where's Wardlow been? You know what I mean? Uh, out of sight, out of mind. That's the that's the only problem here, though. And and that's the problem when you have a deep roster like this, and and, and not enough TV time. And Rampage just ain't cutting it as a third hour. Or so, because even looking back at like, from what I understand, like for certain people had issues where they couldn't be on for whatever the reason is. Like, tell us just so we don't go. What happened to so and so? If you just say 
so and so like with Cody rehabbing from his inner injury if someone's injured give us a little video every now and again mm -hmm. so and so rehabbing from their injury and I go oh he's injured that's mm -hmm. why he's not on TV I don't go what the heck why aren't they on TV I don't know uh, speaking of on TV, we've got uh, Jamie Hayter defending the AEW championship against Riho in a fairly competitive one. Uh, Justin, what I loved about this match, I mean, the match was cool, but one little thing that I loved is as Jamie Hayter was coming out, they mentioned Jamie Hayter had just surpassed Riho's title reign length mm -hmm. before she fights Rio. I just thought that was one of those little things that makes you go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Just a little bit of spice. Yeah, I mean, and if you're gonna if you're gonna keep stats, if you're gonna have uh, people be the champion that long, then you got to utilize it absolutely. So yeah, I think uh, nice touch there. Not much really to say here. Hater wins. I expect it fully. So I know. I mean, I know Riho's forever gonna go down as the the, the inaugural women's champion at AEW. But yeah, this is Jamie Hater all the way. And you look, and then by the announcement that we're gonna get later uh, of the big show they're gonna have uh, down the line. Uh, I mean, Jamie Hater, you got to think it, if she does drop the title before then you still got to have her position to be in a top tier match. Cause she's going to be a top tier local draw. Mm -hmm. uh, for, again, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We'll do it in a minute, but um, yeah, good stuff for Jamie Hader. I like her. Yeah. yeah Jimmy, I, I was thinking to myself, this is, she's probably one of the best built women's champions they've done as far mm -hmm. as she defends regularly against top people. And she might be one of the most popular wrestlers they have. Like when you listen to the crowds and what they're doing, she has them eaten out of her hand as far as someone who doesn't have a shtick, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, and that's the thing, too. And who is the biggest barometer of whether somebody is getting over or not is the audience. And she gets a reaction all the time. And one thing I liked about the match tonight with Rio is I didn't expect Rio to win either. And that, that sometimes is, is a problem for the audience when they're watching a match where they say, hey, I, I get it. There's some good talents in the ring, but I don't see so-and-so winning. But they mm -hmm. were still into the match, and the ladies had a heck of uh, they, they put on a hell of a match. And you know what? They did something that uh, a lot of the guys should learn from. They sold. Mm -hmm. They sold big moves mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I thought I thought the women did a great job in that. But uh, as far as uh, uh, being a star, yes, Jamie Hader can be a big star. Maybe there's a plan here. The uh, uh, well, as far as we all knew that Riho was going to mm -hmm. win, I think this is one of those things that and. Uh, you know, Tornado talking about how the, the match went too long and Riho looked too strong. I think Rio is one of those people that is grandfathered in as a tough out and not an easy, like she'll never be an easy out in AEW. She made, I don't know if she's going to be the champion ever again or whatever, but she's kind of one of those people that kind of like where Kane was and she's nothing like Kane physically, but like, Kane lost all the time, but he was always viewed as a tough out. He was never an easy win for anybody. And I think she's at the very least going to be like that for the rest of her time in AEW. No one's going to push her around unless it's to build up to a match. I don't think. Um, but right after that, we get the outcasts, Justin, one of them's getting the title, <laughs> which one is it going to be? Well, I mean, look, Saray is your biggest name. Let's not, let's not, let's not, you know, try to, no offense to the ladies, but let's just be direct here. She is the biggest name, and again, kind of teasing towards the announcement. Um, she could be a big-time draw in a, in a situation uh, geographically relevant to her upbringing. So, uh, I, again, I don't know if we're, you know, that's, I mean, we're what we're talking about still uh, four months away. But, I mean, so, you know, I like the fact that Renee brought it up, and I like the fact that, you know, Sarah even said to stop trying to stir the pot. But it is, a, it is a question. Like, all right, which one of you, you know, uh, e egos are going to implode here. Who gets who gets to be the champion? Who gets that uh, control? So uh, I thought I, I'm not always crazy about the Outcast promos, but I thought this was a nice, short, sweet. 
uh, backstage promo, and it had it had a point to it, and I think it set up some very relevant uh, potential storyline points here. Of okay, they want control, they want to get controlled by a title. Well, who's going to grab the control? Who's going to grab that title? And that could be very, very fun. And and one of the things about this backstage promo segment was it was one of the few times. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Times where somebody didn't come in to interrupt and, and uh, stir the pot. Mm-hmm. So to speak. I, so, so I did. I did enjoy that. They let the women do their deal. What I love about this is it's so obvious that this is going to break up the team. But you know it's going to break up the team when you have three people who are all in it for themselves get with an opportunity. That's when the friendships fall apart, and that's what's fun about it. Is I like? Yeah, I just, I just want to hear somebody who in the back. I just want to hear one person go. Can they coexist if they all want a, a shot at that title? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of coexisting, the Jericho Appreciation Society comes out and they want the acclaim to join JAS, but they say, no, we don't. And so Cool Hand says, it sounds like you want to fight together, <laughs> which was a funny little swerve for me. Uh, Justin, I feel like this is a pointless but fun little side adventure for uh, for acclaimed. What, what about you? Well, I don't know what it is, but the acclaimed, at least they it, they do with the acclaimed what I've been harping, what I'm preaching about tonight, which is the acclaimed is on almost every Wednesday. And they, and, 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 and in some situation, they let them cut a wrap or whatever, because that is just, that is a draw. That is, that is one of your homegrown draws. I can see the merchandise. I see it in the crowd. I see it around. Like they are, they are over um, organically. And you can't, you, you, again, you can't buy that. You, you, that, you can't just tell the audience to react the way they react so that's one where props to tony khan he's he's putting them out there on a pretty on regularity in some form or fashion even if it's we don't have time for a match don't need or don't need a match um and that's good because they're over mm-hmm. yeah uh any takeaways on this one jimmy no it was just entertaining yep. and that's i guess what it was meant to be they did and it did a little setup for friday night whether mm-hmm. it helps or not debatable but it doesn't matter this the inter the, the acclaimed is always very entertaining when they Everyone loves the acclaimed. Yeah. Uh, but just, I think Justin nailed it there. I think because they're on regularly, it's very easy to go, Oh yeah, these guys, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. Uh, someone else who's been on regularly is MJF. And that didn't change today. He got the key to the city. Uh, and he also did a, a, a song and dance. And then he found a way to make speaking up for people with ADD, just the jerkiest thing imaginable, which only, uh only mjf can do Mm -hmm. uh the segment ends as jack perry dressed like a symbolist uh attacks mjf and sammy makes his way to the ring before getting to the sammy guevara stuff uh jimmy this reminded me a lot of that dinner debonair moment if you Mm -hmm. remember from aew oh my goodness i i I completely had forgotten about that but at the same time this is if it was anywhere else but in long island this would have generated so much darn heat mm-hmm. that it would have been ridiculous. The unfortunate thing is if you're watching, like you said, if you maybe, you know, coming out of WrestleMania, maybe people did want to check out AEW. If they're watching this, 
then they hear all the cheering for MJF. Maybe you're confusing some people now. You know, this is, I thought this guy was a real bad guy. And and I did like when he was talking little things, like he said, he's MJF 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, which he usually is. Uh, I, I just, as much as I was entertained by the segment and, and him singing pennies from heaven and that sort of stuff <laughs> at the same time, it almost felt like, um, maybe this should have been done elsewhere. You know, Justin, I've said for a while now, everyone talks about the bidding war of 2024 I have a feeling MJF's going to end up in Hollywood sooner rather than later. I mean, this guy can sing, he can dance, he can perform, he can talk. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy finds himself in Hollywood. I mean, he certainly has shown off in AEW that he has the talents to do so and translate to that. Uh, the, I guess the, my response to that on the whole bidding war 2024, which company is he going to have more avenues and connections to Hollywood? AEW or the company that just got bought by Endeavor mm. that's got some major, you know, Nick Khan used to be a Hollywood agent and I mean, whatever, but, but I agree. He, mm-hmm. so, but I, but a, a thing to factor in, in terms of, you know, do you just want to take bumps for a couple more years and then do you want to go try to follow the rock and John Cena in Hollywood? Well, where are you going to do that? Um, anyways, uh, no, this was, this was very entertaining. Um, I, I do see Jimmy's point though. You know, you, you do it because you feel like you can get away. In and in one sense, you feel like you can get away with it because it's it's in his. You know, he he's Brett in Canada kind of situation right now. But I do agree. If you do this in in almost any other city, you know, you could just have people just booing out of obnoxiousness at this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so whatever the debate's there. But I, I thought this was it was really. I mean, quite frankly, between between tonight and between Monday night, you know, looking at the at the two. You know, weekly episodic shows that I'm I'm talking about every week in the podcast. This was up there, maybe the most entertaining segment, j- j- just in terms of what it does for the character. What it does, you know, it's it, it, it just you know. And then he gets the key to the city. And by the way, that supervisor from Oyster Bay, he could be a heel manager. He he had no oh. script. He was loving the heat. He was he hit his marks, hit his cues. Uh, I thought this was well done. And um, yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, Jungle Boy and Darby, you know, the, the pillars that they're all watching on, and this and that, and uh, or Sammy and Sammy as well, which we'll get to in a second. Um, you know, it's something for right now. It's a nice story, the or the pillars, the origin. But again, with what the big shows they have coming up in this year, none of those opponents, Darby, uh, Sammy, or Jungle Boy, are going to move the kind of tickets and and buys that you want for these bigger echelon shows. Mm-hmm. So. It just still keeps my fantasy booking mind going of like, all right, you're, you're establishing MJF as you're just your asshole heel that Tony Khan can't stand but still writes him a check because he's MJ freaking F. Who is going to be his who's going to be his babyface opposite that's going to get people going? I can't miss that. That'll be that's the big question because I, I agree. I think going forward, the guys, I think they did a really good job of this segment of getting all three guys involved in the MJF segment without it feeling too overpacked but at the same time i just i gotta give another shout out to mjf here because you see people who struggle with their you know online twitter persona versus their on-screen persona and things like that and mjf is constantly mjf yet at the same time without stopping being mjf he will advocate for jewish people he will advocate for anti-violence against jewish people he'll advocate kind of for add today 
yet he still is the jerk, but he's getting his advocate. Like he's doing what he's, he's still doing the good things that he wants to do while also being the character he is. And that's, it's just incredible how he's able to balance those two things without really sacrificing one or the other. It's, it, I don't know. That's why he's the guy he is. That's why he's on the show doing what he's doing. Cause he's so good at it. Um, we get Sammy Guevara versus commander after this, uh, after this, it was a fun match. Sammy gets the win as Darby looks on from the rafters, all a sting post match. He says MJF had, and had other people do his part of building the pillar. Uh, and that, um, he just kind of runs through teams and gets people to do his work for him. Ironic considering Sammy Guevara has been tied at the hip to Jericho this entire time. But, uh, Jimmy, going back to what you said earlier, I thought this aspect of it was brilliant. Sammy Guevara, uh, cutting a promo on the big jerk, bad guy champion while still being a bad guy because of where he's at. So Sammy could <laughs> kind of cut a good guy promo while still getting the booze he needs to stay the bad guy. I thought that was a kind of a smart move. Well, it, it, as long as he took shots at MJF, because, and that's a smart thing about it, because nobody was going to boo MJF in Long Island. So I see your point. Him, whatever he said negative about MJF was going to get him booed. And yes, Sammy Guevara is a heel, part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It did work in this instance. Uh, and... Of course, Justin, it looks like the win here will make it a four-way at double or nothing for the title with Sammy Guevara involved. Uh, any extra takeaways from this one, Justin? The other thing I'll say, actually, I'll go back to the match real quick with Sammy and Commander. I was I was wildly impressed when Commander made his AEW debut a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, the the, the, the tightrope walking and balance that he does. I, I did, and I know Taz even was really actually trying to, like, I think, um, uh, justify it, or not justify it, but, but, but acknowledge it in the commentary. Pretty much every set of offense commander did tonight was him just trying to do a single, you know, tight rope walk on the top rope and then do some kind of offense, do a shooting start press or whatever. And Taz kept saying, he's like, he's going to the well one too many times. It's going to be risky. It's going to backfire on him. And eventually it did. And so that, I guess that's the story. But my, I guess my bigger point, kind of like that was the story with uh, in the match. But I guess the higher level, like breaking the fourth wall down commentary was commander was so interesting for me to watch in Dynamite a few weeks ago because he had such a crazy arsenal and it was kind of mixed tonight it, it, because it kept going to the well so many times it, it's kind of like that microcosm of that like complaint about that style of wrestling these days which is okay once the people see it a few times you know once as jimmy would say once i see the the, the 450 spinning fire burning hammer now you gotta like electrocute yourself now you gotta like and so like it's like he he basically just kind of like showed me a little bit of the, too much all at, at the same time i was like all right now I'm, i don't i'm not impressed anymore you've done the tightrope thing and now i'm waiting to see you just trip and fall I, it was just a weird, it's a weird critique. It was, I know it's part of the story, but I was really into commander. I was actually excited to see him tonight because as, after his uh, impression on me previously, but I didn't like the, let's keep going back to the same, you know, once I see the guy get blown out of the cannon a couple times at the circus, all right, he's getting blown out of the cannon again. I'm going to go get some right. popcorn, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. So this is a totally just, just for me. And I'm going to show night one's comment here. Commander versus Vikingo last Friday was insane at ring of honor. So I was at ring of honor and the, um, you know, everyone was cheering for Vikingo cause he had this big match. And I, I was like, I like both these guys. They're cool. But I was the only one, I, I feel like everyone in the arena was behind Vikingo. So I got really behind commander and it sort of has made me a commander fan now. Cause I was like the only one like going for him. And, uh, 
much to your point, Justin, he kept trying to do this walk on the ropes moonsault, but he, or not moonsault, uh, I guess uh, uh, the back one, I'm, I'm missing. Um, the it, Phoenix like, Flash. Wait, no, like uh, like uh, Evan Bourne used to do. And um, what, what, where you're facing in the ring and you do the backflip forward. Shooting Star Press. Shooting Star Press, that's the word I'm looking for. Okay, thank you. Which, I, he, did it, which he did it tonight. Yeah, he kept trying to do it, but he missed it, and then mm. he did it, and he missed it again. And mm. then when he finally hit it, which I'm sure was the point, I lost my mind, and I was like, "Oh, let's go, Commander! You hit it!" Well, but you're saying like he he missed it, but like meaning like he didn't trip or fall. He he missed it by the design of his opponent moved. I'm saying mm. at this point now, I'm just waiting for him to like just stumble and fall and and <laughs> and, and, and nut job himself on the rope because it was just like, mm. all right, we, you're doing this over and over and over. Like I, I don't know, I was just kind of <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, like I said, I get it because, you know, as soon as you see someone live and you get behind them and then it changes your perspective forever. That, that's kind of what happened with me and Commander now. I'm like, mm. Commander's my guy now. I'm gonna, I'm ride or die with Commander. <laughs> no, no, but like Justin said, it's very impressive what he can do. It's it's incredible. But going to the well once too, uh, once too often, which I enjoyed in the commentary from Taz, like you said, Justin, I have it written down right here. Taz commentary about this and, and giving a reason why it, it came and, and bit him in the ass. By going by doing it too often, uh, but it's also the same story we talk about when we talk about the blood situation. You know, yeah. when you see it too much, it doesn't mean as much it, anymore. Yeah, if David Copperfield makes the Eiffel Tower disappear every single week, well, mm-hmm. all of a sudden when the Eiffel Tower disappears, it's not a big deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 you know, you eat steak every night for dinner. All of a sudden, steak ain't a luxury. <laughs> it's I just that's that same logic. I get what you're saying, but you'd have to make the Eiffel Tower disappear a lot before that got less impressive. You'd be surprised, Jack. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Maybe you're right. Three times, huh? Eh. You know. <laughs> Can you make Buckingham Palace disappear? Um, so we get FTW versus uh, or the FT, FTW Championship hook versus Ethan Page. Uh, story is Page tries to cheat, but Hardy grabs the title and hits Page with it, costing him the match. Any, uh, this, uh, Jimmy, I, I know you're a fan of Ethan Page. I am too, so I'm glad he's on TV and he's got a little bit of a story here. Uh, I think the, I'm going to predict that your response, though, is you'd like to know some of the story more on Dynamite and less of it on the other shows. Absolutely, and that, that's the thing. This this story has to play out on Dynamite. And again, having Ethan Page, who, like I said, like you said, I'm a fan of, I think his work is great. Uh, having him in a rivalry with someone like a Matt Hardy will only elevate him. And, you know, and gaining that big victory over Matt Hardy, it's almost like the Chris Jericho situation. You have a name guy that you have a victory and can only elevate him to, to, and again, hopefully see what's next, which will be, you know, getting fans interested in the Ethan Page character. This is Justin, a, uh, the classic example of I like the pieces, but I'm kind of over the story. We we talk about these groups that come and go and things like that. This group getting together and then breaking up feels so unimportant that I don't even. I like the pieces, but I don't really care that they're breaking up. It means nothing to me. This this is maybe one of the, the the glaring just you know huge red lights of the the, the the maybe the lack of coordination or lack of long term organization like yeah Ethan, uh, to Jimmy's point Ethan Page I, I've I've yeah he we he worked in the Indies with us here in Pittsburgh at IWC you know great guy really great performer he's got he's got a good look he's 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 a he's a he's six one he's solid he you know he's a mm-hmm. good looking dude um I, I love love Matt Hardy you know work uh, tirelessly with him doing stuff and 
been beat up by him in the ring. I love him. Great guy. I, I'm a big fan of Hook. Hook gets me. I like Hook. I they protected Hook. He moved to 25 and 0 tonight. I like Hook. I like the presentation of Hook. I like what he does. He's not the biggest guy, but he damn sure is in shape. I mean, he 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 does it. For, I'm 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 a fan of a lot of the people going on in, in, in the in the situation here, but. The, 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 just the whole thing here, just like you know, like we've had how we had House of Hardy, and then we've had the firm, and we none of it matters. Nobody, nobody's it, 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 it is such a throwaway. It, 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 it again goes back to you have some really, you have some really high quality toys as the analogy. Ethan Page, Hook, Matt Hardy just said all this, but you don't, there's just no rhyme or reason. Uh, so uh, it's just that's all I can say. There's just no rhyme or reason. Love all. I, I love Lee Moriarty. I love Big Bill. I like. I I I dig all these guys and p- people that are in this like this whatever storyline of. But it's just, it's just it just doesn't matter. It's just it's a waste of their talents, quite honestly. Yeah, because I also think Big Bill is someone they should be using a lot more of. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. You you spend the next four months cohesively letting building big bill and then spend the next four months doing your christian luchasaur stuff give me wembley stadium and give me if they have been built properly and given consistent time via matches or vignettes give me big bill and and, and luchasaur and you have something go back to war give me four months of resetting and give me consistency with wardlow and 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 then if you want to rehash Wardlow and MJF, you could have a Wardlow MJF match that mattered. You could have a Wardlow versus a Goldberg match that mattered. You, like Wardlow Lucha. So if you just give consistency and give people the time, like if if the bloodline taught us nothing else, and since they were the hot topic, because the comment of if it taught us nothing else, we can get somebody who's coming from a obscure randomness like a Sami Zayn that's just kind of getting you know let's just throw the dart against the wall. Ah, Sami's going to walk out there with the Usos. If you can commit to a story and if the performers have that special bit, it's amazing what you could get done. But you have to stay consistent and have a vision. You cannot say, well, I have these 15 other guys who are chirping in my ear and I can't hurt their feelings. I got to get them on this week. No, sir. Not going to work. You have to stay consistent and have a vision and have a priority. Otherwise, you're just playing, you know, franchise owner on a video game. That's all you're doing. Um. Well, we got a big announcement. We got the big announcement that was being teased. Uh, Nigel McGinnis has signed with AEW. Uh, I think that's the big. I think that's big news. Personally, I was a huge fan of Nigel McGinnis's whole career, particularly his commentary career at in NXT UK. I was a big fan of NXT UK. People who know me know I love my NXT UK. Uh, big announcement there, though. The big announcement is that All In is returning, and it's going to be in England. Uh, at Wembley Stadium, Justin, AEW gets some uh, some flack for saying they've got big announcements all the time. Does this count as a big announcement? It's a big announcement, but it's it's masked by Tony every other week having a big announcement. So it, it, if if this would have been the first time Tony said he had a big announcement, yeah, it would have been a big announcement. But he, whatever. <laughs> Um, whatever. But it is, it is, it is, it is an accomplishment for the company. I don't. You kind of set me up there. I gave my honest opinion, but I don't want to act like this is not a big deal. This is a big deal. First off, shout out to the London fans. They're going to get money in the bank on July one, and then, uh, you know, eight weeks later they're going to get this. So that's that's awesome too. And I, I love I love my fans. Maybe I'll go to London this summer. Um, 
Well, it's uh, several things. So then you start. Th- first off, uh, it's it's late August. It's August twenty seventh. So normally the next weekend, which is Labor Day weekend here in America, normally that's when they do all out in Chicago. I'd have to assume they're not going to do that. There's, I cannot imagine in his right freaking mind, forbidden doors or not, that you're going to book another show the week later for all out. So I, I don't know. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, so then I start thinking, okay, what's what's what is going to be the draw here? What what are you building to? That you're gonna move that amount of tickets for Wembley State. I'm not. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying what's you know. Obviously, the CM Punk factor is always floating out there. If I if I was a betting man, I say CM Punk does not come back to AEW as long as current major participants are there, meaning Bucks, Kenny, Jericho, whatever. But you know, what are you gonna do? I, I I kind of I kind of alluded to earlier. Soraya from England that could be a big deal. Hater from England that could be a big deal. You know, big free agent that Tony has not denied for AEW. Does a Goldberg come in and have a novelty match against? But again, you have to build somebody up. I go back to who else got chance? Goldberg. Whoa, Wardlow. I mean, yeah. again, like you're gonna have to have some real things in place. And I don't. I'm not saying they can't do it. I I, I want to see them do it because that's good for the business, good for the guys and girls there. I want to see Wardlow get a payday. Uh, I want to see Brick get a payday. Uh, but I'm I'm really curious to see what they hang their hat on. Is this where Adam Cole threatens MJF and tries to take the title for you? Know, I'll be really curious to see with double or nothing coming in May and then forbidden doors in June. So they have a couple pivotal stops that they have to hit first. What do they, what do they hold off and hold until end of August for this show, which by my measurement will be the biggest show of their company's history to pull off. Yeah, there is a lot on the line because if they, it's a huge stadium and if they don't sell a lot of tickets, it's going to look embarrassing. I have no idea what, you know, how that looks or how what their projections are. But Antonio Garcia with the uh, getting the award today for being patient with the super chat here. Thank you so much, Antonio. Says TK just made all in AEW's official WrestleMania. Jimmy, agree mm-hmm. or disagree? Well, I don't know if he made it WrestleMania, but he made it their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Their top, uh, the yeah, they're, they're, they're number, number one. one they're number yeah. one show. Largest, so, largest capacity they got to fill. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I, 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 I wish, I hope they can. But to Justin's point, that's the thing. You have to give them. You have to talk people into the stadium. You have to talk people into the arena, which we always say here, and you need something to draw them in other than the fact that hey we're the hot new company we're coming to your town we're going to do the biggest venue we can find you need something for people to want to see and you what what that is right now i'm you know it's your guess is as good as mine but there's a lot of possibilities but you have time to build yeah and that's the thing you have to take that time and build something I am seeing a ton of people. I don't know the exact capacity, but people in the chat are saying 90,000. That is a lot of people. Well, um, well, I mean, I don't know if they're going off 90,000 because if that's what you know, they've been able to draw for. You know, obviously, there's been you know Live Aid and some famous concerts there. And, and I, mean, I, know, I know it's but like, you know, remember, you can they can block things off mm-hmm. and do a big set and things like that. So I, I mean, even WB doesn't. WWE rarely even gets 90, and WWE has massive sets for the stadiums they do. So mm-hmm. I think you could probably put yourself more realistically in like a 60, 70,000 range, which is still a lot of people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got, there's so many things we could ramble off. Is this where Jade Cargill's rubber meets the road or where something that's threatening her 
crazy uh, undefeated streak comes. Um, you know, I mean, if 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 behind the closed doors, if kayfabe is if kayfabe is a lie, brother, if TK can get CM Punk and everybody else to do business to go on the same page, that would be massive. Yeah. If, if 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 they roll the story, if they can roll the story out too, and that's that's Punk's first big match back against. Well, I mean, there is a lot of potential for them because basically AEW could basically use every professional wrestler in the world who's not signed to WWE. AEW is, is obviously shown they can work <clears throat> with literally anybody. You know, it's not some, so like I mean, the potential is there for things they could, they could create, but they have to create it. And the tickets go on sale in May, so I would say they need to have at least the top two or three attractions. I know some tickets will get sold just off the novelty of AEW's coming, but right. you need to have something on the marquee for people to go, okay, I'm dropping this kind of money. At least I know the number one match I'm looking forward to. My one gripe about this segment was that it, the moment when Tony Khan is standing right next to Nigel McGuinness, and he's like, you know, for a, a statement about going to Europe for a show, we need someone who can talk about it, right? Adam Cole. I was like, you got Nigel McGuinness right there. Why isn't he the one talking about this? That's well, he said Cole was cut from the same cloth as the Bucks, Cody, and Omega who started those companies. So. Right. And, and a little surprised that he did mention Cody, but uh, hey, he, he at least he spoke the truth. But and maybe this was a sign that uh Adam Cole is someone that they're figuring into the plans here as being maybe the main attraction for that show in some form or fashion. Wouldn't be a bad idea. We get Blackpool Combat Club versus the locals, and this was a close one. I was on the edge of my seat most of the match. Uh, BCC get the win, and Brian Danielson said that he was with his family and realized that what he really loves is hurting people. Uh, Adam Page comes out and gets the snot kicked out of him. They call everyone amateurs before pulling out a screwdriver and say that they are going to fix the amateurs and that they are the only pro wrestlers in America. Justin, I want to go to you for this one. Uh, one, I want to talk about the brilliance of Brian, da uh, yeah, Brian Danielson. And uh, God, it's been a rough, that's, that's his name. It's a rough week. Uh, it's the B before the D, not the D. Yeah. The D. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I about the brilliance of how he can say the same thing and get a cheer or a boo, depending on what he wills, even mm -hmm. though he's saying the same things as he said before. Uh, and just this segment and, and unload. Let me know your thoughts. Well, look, I mean, BCC dominated the week prior, so I'm glad they continued this. Um, I, I, I don't really have any complaints. This is what it was. They are, they are becoming the dominant most. They are becoming the most dominant faction um, on the show. And even the way they did the whole screwdriver thing, they they shot it. This and I want to give it. You know, I was hard early in the production. This is a credit to the production. They didn't shoot it with any close-ups. You know, they kind of or, or they had bodies kind of block, and they it, it was kind of the Jaws mentality. They let your mind and imagination do the work of like you saw him going with the screwdriver, going to Pangman's mm. face, and then from the other angle, you, you saw that he's doing. You see Hangman flailing or whatever. But you didn't actually see, and that's that's good because it's, it's like if you can't make it look as good as possible with actually seeing it happen, let's just the imagination. So it, I mean, it's a really I, I thought that was a really smart uh, way to handle this. It, it helped keep alive the uh, energy of the segment because if we would have saw, if we would have saw them trying to do it or whatever, or if we would have saw, then we would see Hangman, you know, 
blatant whatever if we if we would have saw them trying it would have just been like oh god you just yeah. killed this entire thing but they didn't they did it right i thought this was a really good segment this was what it, mm. what it should be bcc is the most dominant thing going on right now dominant hmm. jimmy i love that right now you have this group of people who are all about pro wrestling and being the best pro wrestlers and we hate them and we mm-hmm. also have a group that's all about being the best sports entertainers and we hate them yeah. <laughs> and it's at the same time like mm-hmm. we are fickle no. Brian Danielson was right we're fickle we hate them both <laughs> no but it's all in the presentation and how you present it on television so what is there about sticking a screwdriver in somebody's eye that's pro wrestling you know what I mean? And stuff like that. We, and, and I hate to go bad dad joke here, but we talk about uh, AEW tra- tightening the screws. This isn't what we met, Brian Danielson. But uh, <laughs> again, I, I apologize for the bad joke. What's it say by me that I'm the one that audibly laughs out loud at your bad joke? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've heard your bad dad. I've heard your bad dad jokes for for 10 years and I still laugh at them. <laughs> Uh, it's again it's all in the presentation but look i really enjoyed brian danielson tonight in his in his heel Mm -hmm. you know promo for lack of a better term he was believable you believed him it what didn't sound like you know and going back to the sammy guevara thing when he when he went on his uh rant so to speak Mm -hmm. it didn't feel as genuine when when Brian Danielson did it, it felt genuine. He felt like it, it, I felt like, oh my goodness, he sounds like he's pissed off. And yeah, he wants I, and he wants and he wants his group to, to to just do some damage. I I tweeted out that Brian Danielson is underrated on the microphone. No matter how highly you rate him, he's underrated on the mm-hmm. microphone. He's just so, like you say, believable. But he can also. He can really hit every note. He can get you to chant stupid things. He can mm-hmm. get you to hate him. He can get you to love him. He can get you to believe him. It's just, he's very underrated, no matter how good people say he is. I think it's because he's too good of a wrestler. So we think he's a good wrestler and we don't think he's good on the mic. As too, at least I feel like we don't talk about him when we talk about best promos, but he really, he really should be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to the end here. Tag title versus career. The guns versus FTR. Got a couple of great near falls. The guns try to get DQ'd, but no luck. Um, then we get the double pin and FTR win and are your new tag team champions. And they're not going anywhere. Jimmy, I'm going to throw it right back to you. And Bigfoot Sneakerheads uh, Super Chat saying, love the guns entrance. Big mm-hmm. check for 50 Cent. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, nice. Yeah. It yeah, made it, it, they, fine, right? It, they look like huge stars. Yes. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the, like this was, we talked about sometimes when you blur the lines and people leaving or not leaving and sometimes mm-hmm. it feels gross and sometimes it feels it's cool. Mm-hmm. I thought this was cool, Jimmy, because I was like, I literally <laughs> feel like I'm watching whether or not they're staying with AEW. And it was a cool, I, I, I bought into every pinfall so much more because of this. Absolutely. And it's because the rumor was out there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I don't have to rehash it. We all know that the rumor was out there that FTR may be going elsewhere because of who's in charge of the other company. But, you know, so it wasn't one of those definite, hey, we don't see the titles changing hands here. You always thought there was a possibility, though. And they mm-hmm. made you believe. And I like the story that they told, even though I do have issues sometimes mm-hmm. with the refereeing there in AEW, that using that term referee's discretion. Mm-hmm. it made sense tonight where you know they did those little things where there was the false finish where uh, one of the uh guns pulled uh paul turner out of the ring mm-hmm. you know uh, 
when they should when they when uh, FTR hit their finish, and also the the blatant low blow in front of him, and he's like conflicted, like oh my goodness, you know what do I do, uh, you know, uh, and so the referee's discretion story made sense because the guns were part of the story trying to intentionally get disqualified. It was a good match. They told a great story and. The crowd was a little quiet during it because the, even you could tell they were kind of unsure where they were going with this. And then when FTR finally came out ahead at the end and regained the championships, the re- regained the titles, they popped huge. Yeah. And that told you everything you needed to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on this one? How did you feel about the, the story told, the build, all that good stuff? No, I thought this was actually really well done. I, I think hats off to everybody. Hats off to the, the, to the talent. Hats off to the referee. Hats off to, to Tony Khan. I, you know, there was a lot of rumor about the FTR, so they leaned into it and, and, and set this main event up, which really felt like a main event you needed to see. Like, what's going to happen? Are they are these guys leaving? Um, the guns, you know, better ring gear. They look more like, you know, they're kind of like stealing a little bit from like Shawn Michaels mid-90s, but that's an okay person to steal from. Mm-hmm. Felt bigger deal. The music, having 50 cents, because the music prior was too generic. It was yeah. too generic to when you can't when you can hear the first few bars of the music and you don't even know who the talent is that's not a good sign mm-hmm. but so when you get a song like the, like you know a 50 cent song uh if that's gonna be the song moving forward which i assume it is like it, it makes their entrance feel bigger makes them feel bigger and to the point where i even tweeted and then i joked later when i was wrong i was like is tony Khan the rights to use for a 50 cent song for a team that he's gonna drop the titles off of and mm-hmm. sure enough he is but that's okay uh, FTR again, they're staying good for them. It seems because FTR is one of the best tag teams around, so that's a good keep for AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 again, I, I had the same notes too. You know, we 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 rag on AEW about the lack of DQs and the lack of acknowledgement for the rules, but again, at least the referee and again commentary doing a good job acknowledging the conflict here. And 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 this is okay. I mean, this and this is not new. Earl Hebner in the '90s uh, in matches. You know, he would let things fly or whatever. You know, Stone Cold would do something what, because we don't want to see it end this way, mm-hmm. and that's okay because the rules were applied elsewhere. But here's the here's the main event title match. So I felt it was okay. It, it gave reprieve. I didn't feel like there was any unnecessary heat on the ref. And I and and, and I think not that Paul Turner's in the booking meeting uh, vouching for this, but I thought it was kind of interesting that Paul Turner was the referee in this match that was getting the justification for why he's doing this because i do think out of all the refs they have paul turner is the best one they have hmm. my opinion jimmy might have a different you don't have to answer if you don't want to but i think paul turner for my estimation he's the best ref of who they have so all things considered i thought this was actually a really solid main event for them uh with with the execution a little rush at the end but which we're not which that that, that that's just because of them but uh overall i think solid by all by all parties here yeah i I thought it was good. I thought I personally really enjoyed the show. I have a quick question for you, Jimmy, that was Mm -hmm. comes from earlier in the night. uh, The hook segment as a referee, is it just personal preference when someone gets choked out to drop the arm three times versus one time? Is that a, is there a code of conduct for certain situations? Cause this time they did three, but I feel like most of the time these days they do one. Right. Uh, That changed over the years. Back in the day, it was three. And then, uh, for us, at least, anyways, it was so uh, we want to make it look uh, more uh, with the advent of with the growth of MMA mm-hmm. in WWE, at least they wanted to make it look more legit. 
So, yeah. Because, you know, Wait. drop the arm once, that's it. Which so. sucks because the old fashioned one, two. It was like uh, a false so finish. Much, so much more dramatic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, it, right. that was the difference. It, I, I agree with you, Justin. I thought, I think the three times is, but when you ch- go back and forth, because I've seen both being used in, in, in a lot, uh, at least in AEW, let's put it that way, because that's who we're talking about tonight. I've seen it there where they've done both with the one arm drop. They've called for the bell yeah. and they've, and I've seen the multiple. So I'm, I know we're coming up on our time here. Jimmy, real quick was the, um, has WWE ever not done the three? Like, was there ever a Vince edict of like, just check them once we're, we're going to be yeah. more real sport. Yeah. Was there an edict it, for that? Yeah. yeah. Eventually it turned to that because they, like I said, with the uh, growth of MMA, they wanted to make it look a little more legit. You know, why would you drop it three times in every other, you know, kind of a combat sport, you drop it once and you're done. You're out. Mm-hmm. It, well, I wonder, was that around the same time? Cause you still would have been there. Was that around the same time when Taker, he's back to being dead man, but he's allowed to like wear MMA gloves. He's embracing his MMA. Was that when he's using like the triangle choke is like hell's gate. Was that like, I feel like, it was, I feel like that would have all been the same movement of time. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, pretty close to that. Yeah. So uh, we get a final super chat here. Uh, and let me know if I'm saying your name right. Uh, Ani Rude uh, saying, very sad 72 hours for WWE. Cody losing Vince back. Um, I do want to say, I, I saw a lot of people tweeting that Jay White went to AEW and FTR is staying because of the rumors of Vince. And I don't know, but I got a feeling that that was all figured out before that news mm-hmm. happened. That yeah. was not dec- decided yesterday. Real quick. It's not like Jay White and FTR were all on a chartered plane heading to Stanford. Right. They heard or read some news on their phone and then Mm -hmm. hijacked a pilot to turn around and go to Jacksonville or Long Island. Yes. In tonight's case. I'm not saying that, like, they're not monitoring the situation in WWE structure to form their opinions. FTR, I think it definitely was already decided. Jay White, who knows? But like this, Jay, but even the Jay White thing, we, you know, the Juice Robinson versus Ricky Starks, that, that that was already set in place, like whatever. Like, I'm not saying that like Vince is not a factor to that, but it's everybody's acting like we saw this shitty Monday Night Raw, which Jimmy and I talked about as a pretty <laughs> shitty Monday Night Raw, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Everybody's acting like there's a shitty Monday Night Raw, and like everybody just like ripped up contracts that they had agreed to. No, <laughs> no, it's not how this works. Um, and furthermore, yeah, WWE's got some things uh, to look for i'll be curious if vince is at smackdown and blah 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 blah. but like you know bad whatever 72 hours for wp they just got a company that just spent four and a half billion dollars to take over 51 percent of the control um that's not a bad day it's just let's i mean we can get in the weeds as vince would say about creative and some things but let's keep perspective um on on what's going on here uh, for right. for all things considered cool. yeah pretty good day for wwe when you think of it as a company actually yeah it is the wrestling business after all yeah. um so that does it for us uh always want to thank everyone who's in the chat make sure to like comment share subscribe justin where can the world find you and all the stuff you're working on at Justin LeVar across the socials, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I, I, I guess Friday morning, I'm back spar with LeVar on Busted Open Radio, Channel 156. Uh, and then, of course, always on Mondays as well with uh, Jimmy and yourself for 
post-Raw. So, um, as always, please tweet us. Tell us where in the world are you and what are you doing when you listen to this podcast. I love to know. We really appreciate it. And, Jimmy, where can the world find you? Like uh, like Justin said, here on Wednesday nights and uh, Triple J again on Monday nights. And uh, you can catch me on all my social media platforms with my ref and rants from Monday to Friday every week. Again, little critiques to help build, not to tear down. But uh, also you can catch uh, Dropping Every Wednesday Reffing it up with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hepner and RJ steering the ship, where this week our topic of discussion, the incredible Hulk Hogan and his impact on the pro wrestling slash sports entertainment industry. That's a big conversation to have, but uh, mm-hmm. it should be a good one. Uh, and you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Of course, uh, you can also check out uh, Santino Bros California Love. It's on Fight TV, the replay where I did commentary for that one. Also going to be heading up to Defy Wrestling. If you are in the Seattle area on Saturday, come check us out at Washington Hall. I'll be doing ring announcing there. And I'm going to be doing interviews at Championship Wrestling on Tuesday. That airs live, all or not live, but it airs across the, the country. And you can check out episodes on YouTube for that. So keep posted there. Also, follow at Wrestling Inc. for all your wrestling news. Me and Raj are back on Thursdays chatting about whatever news we decide we want to chat about. Let me know what you want to hear us chat about. But thank you to everyone in the chat here. Again, like, comment, share, subscribe. Blue Chew, Sonny Sitar, Wayne, Carlos, James Winter, Shano17, Rocky, Killer of Demons. Uh, we also got uh, Steven Wilson and uh, Ani Rude and JT098 and so many more. Edward Cousins, by the way. John Millard. Lots of you guys. Thanks for coming through. Rob Pablo and everyone else. Foam Knuckles. Appreciate you guys. That does it for us. And we will see you I guess tomorrow. I'm so used to saying tomorrow for uh, NXT, but tomorrow for the Thursday show. Uh, Until then, uh, have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.